Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. With us today is certified wellness coach, fitness expert, and author, David Greenwalt, a husband, father, former police officer, gym owner, competitive state level bodybuilder, and power lifter. In 1997, at age 32, and a body weight of 235 pounds, David discovered an evidence-based approach for getting off his own 50 excess pounds and keeping it off for 25 years and counting. Since 1999, through his company, Leanness Lifestyle University, David has been helping student members from every walk of life get the truth and strategies to lose excess fat one more time for the last time. So let's jump into this interview. Without further ado, please welcome in David Greenwalt. David, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you, man. Brian, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, and I, you know, as we were chatting a little before, I love talking about health and wellness. I, you know, this it's something that pumps me up. Obviously, it's a big part of your life, so I'm excited to dive in deep today um, and help others. You know, because I know it's a big thing, and and it's talked about. I, I, it's it's weird, and maybe I know you're a little older than me. You might be able to share this, but obviously, it's, you know, health and wellness is something that's broadcast a lot. Maybe it's just social media now. Maybe it's just the circles we play in. I don't know. Um, but I don't remember as a kid, like health and wellness being something you'd see like some infomercials here and there, you'd see it, a, a few things talked about. So I'm kind of curious to see how it's evolved over time since you've been doing it and yeah. maybe some, some things to share. Um, I, I'd really love to start though, because I'm, as I was researching before this, this whole age 32 and shedding 50 pounds and keeping it off. My first question is always, you know, being the just get started podcast, why, why not 31? Why not 28? Like what happened at the age 32? Tell us about your life at that time and why the shift happened then. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, um, you know, I can, I can still see what I was doing when I had, I mean, I'll call it the click in my head where I was like, that's it. Um, and of course there's, there's, there's more to it. So 1997, 32, I had been, uh, again, I'd been doing uh, powerlifting um, it's at a state level. I had been doing, I had, I had done bodybuilding in the past when I was in college. I trained like a bodybuilder slash powerlifter, but I had, wasn't competing in bodybuilding at the time, but I was competing in powerlifting. Um, I was running a dietary supplement company then. It was doing well. I was a police officer at that time. I was an Illinois state trooper at that time. At the same time, I was running this uh, supplement company. Don't sell any supplements now. I haven't for many years, but I was then. And I remember I was on the couch and if you can just envision, so I'm watching TV through the past my feet, right? I'm on my back. I'm on, I'm on my couch at home and the TV's past the end of my feet and I'm watching whatever I'm watching and I'm 235 pounds. And I remember looking down my body past my feet for the TV. And I was like, my gut is like almost in the way of watching what I wanted to watch on TV. And it had been that way, you know, for a while, uh, as I ballooned up uh, for, you know, for powerlifting and, and whatnot, and just really didn't try to even try to have any control over my nutrition, really. I mean, other than feed the machine, you know, you a pound M&Ms before you work out and right. whatever, you know. Um, but I remember thinking at that time, that's it. That's enough. Come on. That's it's getting ridiculous, David, you know, and, you know, the thing is, is that I'll, I'll call that 
and I say it whether it's male or female audience, it doesn't matter. I call it a, I, you know, I call it a hot flash where it obviously has nothing to do with, you know, menopause or even andropause, but it was just that flash of a moment where I was like, that's it. It just clicked in my head. Now, was that it for me? Did I all of a sudden right then that moment, that was it Drop, boom, everything was locked in. No, no. But did I get the initial, like, okay, it's, you've got to start, you've got to do something. And so I was running, again, the, the supplement company was doing really well. We had about 100,000 customers uh, in that company. And um, I was, I, I would get, I was, you know, I was here when internet first started. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. And um, so I got to see when it was weird that you could email. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I built the first website with dial up. There was no high speed and getting disconnected with, you know, um, you know, every five seconds and, you know, all that stuff. So, but in that, I always say that because when I would email with customers through my supplement company, they would ask me things like, Hey, Dave, can you real quick tell me what I got to do to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds and keep it off for life real quick. No big deal. Just, you just real quick, just put me down in an email, you know, and you get a chance, no big deal. Well, it was a big deal. And I, but I tried, you know, back then to try to like, gosh, I want to, you know, I want to do them right. I want to treat, treat them well. I want to make sure they get the right information. It didn't take long, you know, several dozen, you know, you know, a few hundred emails back and forth. And you're like, you know what, giving people this back of the napkin bumper sticker answer on an email is not doing them justice. But anyway, so isn't it's in that whole era is why I bring that up. It's like that period of time, internet's just coming in emails here. And I decided I was going to do a bodybuilding show. So this is my getting started. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do the show. When I was cutting for the show, I had a million things going through my head of, you know, bodybuilding wives tales, whatever you want to call them, myths, whatever, mm -hmm. where it was like, do this, do, do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. You can't have, if you even have a single piece of bread, your estrogens are going to go off, off the, you know, off the charts. And you're going to, you know, it basically grow breast tissue. If you have a single piece of bread as you're cutting for a show or whatever the stuff was and all of that, because of the, the way I ran the supplement company, I was kind of like a Ralph Nader where I like, I questioned everything. I tested the supplements. I, I, I had to go, imagine this. I had to go to a, a medical university, photostatic copy research, bring the research back to my office, read it on paper, and then write about it. But each you know, month or quarter, I would do a newsletter of sorts. So yeah. I'm saying, I'm only saying this because I, I had this very science-minded, let's come at this from an evidence perspective. Let's cut for the show. Let's, let's look at wh what the evidence says instead of, well, this myth, this legend, this wives' tale. And I cut for the show and I wrote an article for um, uh, a little magazine for my, my customers at the time. And the title of the article was Leanness Lifestyle, or Competition Becomes a Leanness Lifestyle. Mm. And it was kind of just a tie in like, I did this competition and this long answer is the answer to when did I, when did I get the weight off? When did I cut, you know, that from 235, you know, down to competition weight and then go into my, my everyday maintenance weight. And it was in that period, 97, 98, you know, 99, right in there. And, um, and so I, I got it off, did a few other shows. Learn. Can, can I ask you something? Can I, can I sneak in? Yes, please do. I, I'm curious when you were, when you were getting those emails, 
was there, because I know we, I mean, I think probably everyone gone through this that wants to get in shape or eat healthy or whatever. Was there some sort of like, I'm, I'm trying to think the best way to ask this. Like, did you feel almost like a fraud slight where you're like, wait a minute, I have this excess weight on me. And these people are asking me for advice on how to get it off. And I like, I was curious, I'm curious if, or maybe that was after the fact that you already did. I'm just kind of curious, like, did, did you have a lot of like from a, the physically, obviously, but from the mental side, like yeah. getting yourself in check to move forward? Yeah. So it's, it's really just, it's about like the timing. So in 97, I wouldn't say at that moment, you know, I was. 235 pound power lifter answering these emails, but it's in that, in that two year window there, when email came in, I prepped for a show. It was, you know, like during prep cutting this kind of thing. And this, and just the fact that, um, I had competed in the past. Mm -hmm. So people knew that I had gotten lean Okay, and even, and they knew I was a power lifter and I was, uh, mostly heavy on purpose for me. Um, Although I just still had, you know, it was, I still had lots of misconceptions and preconceived notions of what good nutrition was and what people could do and what you couldn't do and what was realistic and what was not. Um, again, just being, being at that age, just didn't, didn't have the experience. So it wasn't, it wasn't like 235 pounds answering emails. It was more like 235 pounds made the decision in that next year, you know, the business is continuing. Internet's coming in. We're answering, you know, it was kind of like that. Um, but I always tried to stay in my lane. I, I would never want to, you know, being the type of just mindset that I have, I never wanted to answer in a way where it's like, let me tell you how to do it, even though I've never done it. Yeah, I got you. Uh, but it's a, but it's a great question. So it was kind of, it's a two, it's a two year window in there, but it all just kind of ties in where, um, my start was getting ready for the show, you know, the thought time delay, getting ready for a show. I hadn't done a show in like, yeah, 12 or 13 years. Okay. Wow. Prior, you know, prior to that. So it'd been quite a while. I did it so stupid when I did it 13 years prior, Brian, that I swore that I would never do it again. I hated it so much. Mm. And it was, but I, it was because of how I did it. I mean, I did it. I didn't know what the heck I was doing when I was in my early twenties and did yeah. a show, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's kind of it. Just kind of ties into that two-year area there. Yeah, let me ask you. I'm actually curious how how you'll respond to this. The advice you gave back in late '90s. Oh man. And that advice today. Yeah. What are some similarities where things have you know kind of the evidence base has has held up? What are yeah. some? How have you changed that advice knowing what you know now? It's a great question. I it I wrote a book, first edition in '99 after cutting for that for a couple three shows competition becomes a leanest lifestyle i edited it four different revisions the final revision I, i've left alone since 2002 so you're looking at 20 years now what did i say in that book that's out there it's almost 500 pages what did i say then compared to how i feel now and i've thought about this i think about this probably every week how do i feel about what's in there compared to what i teach now and I would say that 95% of it, I would still, I would still stand okay. rock wow. solid on. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really came at it from a conversational, but evidence-based perspective. So there wasn't, a, there isn't a tremendous amount, you know, that, that I would change or that I would have to say differently now. 
Um, but I would say that overall, I didn't have the depth of knowledge that I have on the impact of ultra processed food, the impact of compulsive eating. What is that? What is really, you know, uh, involved with that? I wrote the book with a kind of a three-legged stool mindset because even then I could see that there's a nutrition component, there's an activity exercise component, there's a huge emotional fitness component to this. And at that time, imagine, you know, 99, 2000, I didn't see another book that had all three of those in one. I saw nutrition books, I saw exercise books, I saw emotional or uh, emotional development or whatever, mindset books, mm -hmm. personal growth books, but I didn't see those elements all in one. And uh, even way back then, I could see that that emotional fitness leg was a huge, huge factor in, in how someone was going to be successful. But what I would say is my continued development in all of those areas is just vastly expanded. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't necessarily be that there'd be massive changes. It would just be like what I could say then, I can just say a lot more now. Yeah. Well, plus too, I have to imagine, you know, things that exist today, they probably don't exist or didn't exist in the capacity we have them. Like just a lot of additives maybe to certain foods or the way things are processed now, or, you know, who knows, there's so much crap out there, you know, right. you walk through the, the grocery store aisles, it's, it's a crazy, um, if we, so actually that might be a good, and maybe this is helpful for everyone listening. Why don't we take those, those kind of three, the emotional side, the exercise nutrition, you pick, start where you want, but let's say, let's say we're putting together a plan for someone to get started on a different path with their, their health journey. Pick one of those to start with, and let's kind of go down that rabbit hole for a little bit. I like it. Um, so a framework is important to start with, you know, something that is a base that isn't cookie cutter. It isn't uniform to everyone, but it is a base. Um, so if we were looking at it from a you know, nutritional perspective, you know, we would say, let's just use, you know, one particular element, we would say, drink water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. That's a, that's a base, that's a one element of a nutritional foundation, that we should consume adequate water on a daily basis, where you're not going to get, you know, pushed back. it's very, obviously, evidence based, been around forever, going to be around forever, not going to change, you know, um, with the wind and all that kind of stuff. Right. But if someone was come to me, we have to look at where they are. So with that being said, so we've got a nutritional base and let's say just, it, there's a, a number, a number of different examples, but I mean, drink water, eat vegetables, have some fruit, limit added sugars, um, eat uh, typically, typically eat three to six times a day. Somebody's going to eat once, someone's going to eat eight, but typically it's going to be three to six. And then we look at, then we look at the person though, with, once we have this framework that has to have flexibility to it, we look at this framework and we look at the person and say, where are you coming at this from? What's going on with you? Where are you at? Are you, have you been sedentary for 20 years and you have no idea what you know, good nutrition is and you live on nothing but pizza and ice cream every day? Okay, that's, that's a one person. Another person could be somebody who's really, they're 85, 90% solid. And they've got, a, you know, they've got it really mostly dialed in. They just need tweaking and fine tuning. So nutrition has a framework. Exercise, same thing. There's a base framework. You know, are you moving at all? Do you have limitations? Do you have aches, pains, you know, things you're recovering from? What's going on? Um, 
again, someone could be, you know, a competitive, you name it, could be a, a high level CrossFitter, could be a high level marathoner. But then again, it could be somebody who hasn't walked 20 steps without stopping in 10 years. So framework, baseline, nutrition, framework, baseline, exercise, we start with that. And same thing on emotional fitness. It's kind of like, all right, we don't, I don't know where people are, but I do generally after doing this for 30 years, I do know that most people haven't delved deeply into, you know, their own headspace. They also, you know, I've got three grown kids. We did the very best we could raising our kids and our kids are amazing, but how much do our kids really get from the time they're born up through, you know, we have, uh, any, any access to them as a parent, really. I mean, really, you know, uh, the developmental years where we're teaching them true, you know, emotional fitness, life management skills, hopefully a lot. And I hope that, you know, and I do feel pretty good that we've given our kids, you know, tools to do that, but still there's going to be gaps and holes and things that need shored up. So again, we got to look at the person and see what, what's going on. Um, so from the start, we're taking anybody that comes is going to get a base a framework that isn't overwhelming, that doesn't say, here's 30 things right. you need to do nutritionally and you need to get them mastered by tomorrow, Brian, because here they are. Now, it's little things, it's progressive. It's going to be things that are almost, with few exceptions, there's only gonna be, just like you heard me say in 20 years, minor tweaks on what I would yeah. say nutritionally, minor tweaks on what I would say exercise-wise that's going to be the basic framework. And then we're going to, we're going to modify it from there. So, well, I think um, you're, you're right. And it's actually funny before this conversation, I was actually writing a, you know, I write a lot of blogs, <clears throat> blog articles, and I was writing something around just, you know, the tweaking and just making like, like tinkering just a little bit. Sometimes you don't have to just, you know, explode the whole project or the whole thing you're doing it. Sometimes it's, ah, we got to navigate a little to the left, or we got to tweak a little bit to the right. We got to do whatever. It kind of sounds like where you're going. It's not like, you have to change up everything you're eating, but it might be, hey, we have to have more water, as you mentioned. Or, you know, I could imagine it's also the other side of it. It's like, hey, we, hey, you're drinking four Mountain Dews a day. We need to eliminate three of those to start. You know, let, let, let's, let's at least kind of do some things to get to a better state and then slowly but surely. Because, and, and I'm curious, maybe we can weave into this and I know we're going to weave it out, is, is I, I see this a lot with like crash diets and a lot of things around, you know, even stuff like, what is it like the hard 75 or something like 75 hard or all these different programs, they yeah. have their benefits, I'm assuming. Right. But right. at the same time, when you I, I think when you go from zero to 60, so quick, right. it's hard to maintain that it's better yeah. to to your point, let's build a framework. Let's make some tweaks. Let's try to build some good habits in and then eventually, you know, kind of the ball rolls down the hill a little bit quicker. Would you agree with that? Or would you you kind of share any additional details? I, I'm very much in, in alignment with that. You know, as I'm, as I'm processing, I'm, I'm, that, I'm one of these guys that's a bit of an overthinker and that works for me in certain ways and in certain ways it's to my detriment. So I'm already overthinking my answer to one of your questions five minutes ago. <laughs> and as I'm thinking about my answer, you're like, well, what, give a framework. What'd you do? How do you get somebody started? I'm like, I really didn't answer that well. You know, I mean, I didn't like give like A, B, C. This is what you do. But part of that is because the answer more aligns with what I said. It is more like have a framework, tweak it for the person, meet the person where they are, make it progressive, 
we're never striving for perfection. That doesn't exist. We're striving for exceptional. We're striving for exceptional, meaning above your status quo, above where kind of the everyday average Joe or Jane is these days. Um, it's not something to, it's not something to try to model. Um, if you want to live a long, you know, life full of lifespan and longevity and, um, health span, you know, it's not something you want to strive for is to be like everybody else. I just want to be normal people. I said, no, you don't, you don't want to be normal. You know, I just want to be normal. Somebody really heavy me come to me. I would just want to be normal. No, you don't. Normal is unhealthy. Normal is doing so many things that are harmful too long, you know, lifespan and health span. But, um, but at least one thing I can add is we are, I've got this framework is about more the fundamentals, evidence-based fundamentals. And the fundamentals are so important because I think there's a quote that goes something like, the beginner focuses on fundamentals because they're confused. The expert focuses on fundamentals because they know what works. So I don't care if you're the old Michael Jordan playing basketball, he would work those fundamentals. Anybody that's a, any pro athlete works the fundamentals, works just constantly working the fundamentals. Yeah. They build on it from there, but they've got that base. That's that base that I'm talking about, it's that framework. The cool thing about doing this so long is the nuanced in intricacies of being able to bend and shift and add the nuance necessary for each person in the areas, again, not making it too complex, of nutrition, of you know, exercise activity, and emotional fitness. What's going on? If you had this goal, whether you have 15 pounds you've been wanting to lose for too long, or 150 pounds that you've been wanting to lose for too long, or whatever the case may be there, what's going on? Where's the gap? What is going on? And that's um, an area that I would say has greatly developed for me since I first wrote the book. You said, what's the difference between 99 and now? It would be the depth and the breadth of knowledge that I have in what's really going on. And besides what's really going on, what, what can we really do for people that are in that I've got 15 pounds to lose, or I've got 150 pounds to lose? in our modern obesogenic environment. Yeah. In the modern environment we're all living in now, how do we really approach this beyond telling someone, listen, dude, you gotta have a caloric deficit. You know the deal there, you know, calories in, calories out. I'm out, best of luck, see you later. Calories in, calories out, do the math, you got it. No, they don't got it. You know, I can grab a bullhorn, get on the tallest building in your city and scream, eat less and exercise more and exactly zero people will change. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is this whole philosophy I have that, you know, it, there's this there's this large bridge between wanting to change and then committing to the change. And you probably know this with the, the folks you've worked with over the years. If someone's not invested to committing to the change, it doesn't matter. You might have the, the magic pill. They ain't going to take it because they're not going to be willing to show up and, and make those. Because it is hard. I mean, I look at, the, I mean. Hell, I look at my nutrition and fitness journey, gosh, even just, you know, since let's say childhood, since I was, a, you know, maybe an adult or in college. And it's just amazing, like kind of the, the hills and troughs and valleys or whatever, like I've gone through. Yeah. But it's all like, to your point, though, at least I can, you know, I'd agree with. And we may differ in terms of how you get there, right? Because everyone has, like you mentioned, sure. right? You come from different angles. But in terms of right. you keep it simple, like eliminate a lot of the sugars, 
and and I would say more the artificial sugars. I you know I, I don't know if you agree like fruit right. and stuff like that. Added you sugars, know, not yeah, yeah, exactly. Honey and stuff like that is good, but you know yeah, eliminate that. You know, take away the processed food as much as you can. Eat a lot of you know nutrient dense food. You know whatever that is, whether that's meat or fish or whatever you you know. Again, everyone's a little different there, but again, it's it is simple when you think about the base foundation of this stuff. And I think most of us, and I look at this even, and you know, having a ten year old. Um, I know your your kid's a little older, but even like trying to be conscious about what he eats, it's tough. And I got to imagine for someone that has two or three kids and they're working a, a very demanding job and they have other, it's tough to feed the kids right too. That's a whole nother discussion. Maybe we can have another yeah. time because that's, yeah. we can go down the rabbit hole there. But so let's, let's go. I, I want to make sure I don't go on too much of a tangent. So someone is, like I said, the average person, right? They're working a full-time job. They have a few kids. The kids have extracurricular activities. They're trying to do whatever. And they're like, Dave, I, I, I'm having trouble organizing all of this. Where do I start? Like, how do I look at it? Is it, is it just picking one of these like they're struggling with the most? Or is it just saying, hey, th- you're going to get the biggest gains by starting in this bucket? Like anything you've learned over the years of like where they would get started or where you'd encourage? Maybe it's the easiest point of entry. I don't know. Yeah. So again, you know, great question. Do we deal with it every single day? So if someone has, can we assume, do you want me to assume that someone has a fat loss goal while keeping the muscle, at least keeping yeah, the muscle? Yeah, let's make some, have? we can make some assumptions and folks can work off that. And some might say, well, well, that's not like me knowing, hey, this is one example, but right, right. we'll use that okay. as, a, yeah. as a baseline for now. I primarily work with people wanting to strip excess fat and at least keep or add the muscle. I don't work too often these days with people that are hard gainers and people that are trying to pack on muscle and are hard gainers and they've got to eat, eat, eat. So it's the other way around 99% of the time for me. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to um, focus on that. Now, what, what, uh, if you could just help me out here, what specifically are we kind of looking for, for this person? Like where they, yeah, where would, you know, if they're, if they're saying again, maybe it's 10 pounds, maybe it's 50, you know, whatever, but right. it's like, Hey, I don't even know where, where do I start. I don't even know where to begin. Like, yeah, I guess yeah. I could eat, but like, well, you know, because even I mean, even you go, we don't have to name any names of companies if we don't want, but like you go and you you see something that's, hey, that's supposed to be healthy. And yeah. it's I was actually I don't know if you follow um, uh, Paul Salandino or not, but uh, I know who the, he is. Yeah. The the carnivore MD. I, I just think his content's great because he obviously he's an MD. He goes deep in a lot of this stuff. And w- one of the things I, he always pokes fun because like he'll go into a grocery store and then you'll be like, oh, we're in the healthy snack aisle. And then he'll pull out and be like, look at the ingredients in this thing. Like, yeah. are, are, is that actually going to be beneficial for us? So those are the type of things I think most folks, I mean, friends I talk with, even myself sometimes picking out things, like I said, for my son or even for myself. Sometimes you struggle with it. You're like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize the ingredients are this bad in this thing because it's labeled healthy. It's marketing to try to get you to buy it. You know, We provide, as a part of that framework, 15 nutrition fundamentals. Anybody that starts on day one gets three of them. Then a few days later, they get three more few days later, they get three more just so I don't start someone off on day one with all 15. Here you go. Boom. Right. We're like, holy cow, 15 fundamentals. Now, the thing I will say is as the framework, the base that we've been talking about, I don't provide more than 15. So it's about re- again, the fundamentals, these fundamentals, these 15 be- stay the 15, whether you're with me three months, six weeks, five years, these are the 15 fundamentals. All right. And so on day one, you know, nutritionally fit lifestyle, NFL, number one principle of 15 is eat real food. And if you are cutting in a cutting phase, 
The goal is to get to, not on day one, the goal is to get to almost 95% real food, Brian. Mm. If you're in maintenance, 90%. So it's like, we, now, can in I, my can program, I interrupt? we what? don't go Dave, sorry to interrupt. fat, eat, eat this way, go to maintenance, and you know all bets are off. We eat this way with minor tweaks between cutting and living life. Okay. So go ahead. You had a question about what, that. Well, when you say, yeah, because I want to make sure everyone's clear myself. When you say kind of real food, yeah, is that like less than except like like because a question may come up. Oh, I you know I want to eat some bread. Well, is that I mean because I look at it like bread, like Wonder Bread that has thirty ingredients stays in the shelf for three months. A lot different than bread that was has four ingredients. Maybe it was made that week. Again, is there a delineation there? And and I, again, whether you want to eat bread or not, I'm not a big bread eater. I don't, you know, right. but if you do, that might be a question that comes up. Well, is this technically real or not? I'm just right. kind of curious how you delineate like real food. But it's great. Yes. And, I, and I'm going to let me give the definition, our working definition of real food. Mm -hmm. um, and it also ties into your question of, all right, somebody's going to start. How are they going to get the most bang for the buck? If they want to strip fat. I don't want people to sit on the couch, but I, I'll tell anybody any day of the week, I can get you as lean as you want to get sitting on the couch. I, I can get you to 4% show ready. You're not going to look very good if all you do is sit on the couch, right. but I can get you show ready, bodybuilding, ripped to shreds, sitting on the couch. The, the greatest impact on what's going to help you strip fat, if we're just looking at just from that singular focus, is going to be the nutritional leg of the stool. Now you need the emotional leg to drive the nutritional leg. You need the, you know, it all right. ties together. But if we're just looking at it and you've heard people say all the time, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, fitness is made in the gym, whatever you want to say, it's cute bumper sticker stuff, but there's some truth to it, you know, when it comes to the nutritional side. So biggest bang for the buck, I want you to eat real food more. You come to me, you're eating 10% real food. And I'm saying, I'd like you to get to 90. You go, holy cow, don't worry about it. You don't got to get to 90 tomorrow, but what is real food? Our working definition of real food is this, the natural unprocessed edible parts of plants and animals after they've been removed from nature with nothing else added to it except things you would commonly find in kitchens. Let me say okay. that again, because it's very common to go, does it have four ingredients? Can I pronounce the ingredients? What about this? What about that? that we, we don't, I don't care if it's got 50 ingredients. I don't care if you can pronounce it because I don't know if you can pronounce quinoa and I get it. It's a weird word, right. but I don't go by whether you can pronounce it. I don't go by how many ingredients it is. It's this, the natural unprocessed edible parts of plants and animals after they've been removed from nature with nothing else added to it, except things commonly found in kitchens. So let's take that bread example. I need to spin it around. I don't care what the front says. Whole wheat, whole grain, 10 this. You know, I don't care. I'm spinning it around. I'm moving past the nutrition facts. I'm looking at the ingredients. Don't care how many ingredients it has. Don't care how many health claims it's got on it. Natural on, you know, natural unprocessed edible parts and plants and animals. Okay, got it. What else is in it? If it's not something commonly found in kitchens, it's at least processed, if not ultra processed. So it kind of falls into three loose camps. Real food, processed, ultra processed. Most likely, if it doesn't have, if it has ingredients not commonly found in kitchens, it's ultra processed. Mm. So we're trying to move toward, you know, ninety percent real food. 
So can we have a marinara sauce, for example, that's real food? Sure. Tomatoes, basil, garlic, salt, oregano, right? I didn't hear anything there that makes me go, oh, qualifies as real food. And that's a combination. You know, yeah. it's, I used to, I used to have a name for, I used to call it a great grandmother multiple, you know, it's stuff that great grandma might've had, right. you know, laying around and it's a multiple ingredient, great grandmother food. I don't call it that anymore. I just say it's, it's either real food or it's, or it's processed, but just for thinking purposes, sometimes that works. Otherwise, is there anything that comes to mind where with my definition, it isn't clear to you now, Brian, where you go real food or not? Well, no, I, I mean, that's really helpful because it kind of gets you thinking almost like that journey, like, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm going to have a, I don't know, if I'm going to have ground beef, okay, that's probably not processed. It's probably right. fairly, you know, yeah. natural from the environment, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then, yeah, you could take the, the box of cereal and it's right. like, nope. Yeah, that's, that's a Ultra stretch. Process. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, gonna, it's hard you know, to fit that in there. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. You know, here's the thing, though, is that unless it's necessary because of, of a compulsive eating issue, okay? You know, the, the, the thing is, again, it's just the, the expanded nuance in 30 years of doing this, all things in moderation. I say, yeah, all things in moderation, including moderation. Moderation works for most or it works for a percentage, doesn't work for all. So stop it, stop it with all things in moderation or moderation in all things, however you say it. Right. That works for 20, 30%. But there's another percentage where for certain things, that's not going to work. So barring that, we don't have anything that's eliminated. We don't have, you can't have this, you can't have that. There's this, there's that. And also, even when I'm, we're asking early on, you know, kind of step one, uh, nutrition principle number one, eat real food, try to, you know, try to work more on getting real food in throughout the week, you know, someone would say, well, can I ever have, you know, the donut and the pizza and the, you know, cause let's, let's look at it. is donut real food. Oh, hell no. Is pizza that you're going to get, you know, real food. Absolutely not. You know, but that doesn't mean you can't have it. We also build in what we call splurges, not cheat meals. I'm, we're very big on language. Because yeah. if we say cheat meal, what are you cheating on? It's a part of the plan. Well, I think I that mean, goes back to like being a, this, this is a lifestyle change. This is a way of life and the way that you're going to live going forward versus what we were talking about, this kind of crash diet. Hey, I'm going to do this for 30 days and, right. and then I'm going to get off it. Well, no, because it's not going to actually, it's probably going to be worse because your body is going to adapt. Yeah. And then you're going to be screwed later on. So it's kind of this grad. And, and that's, that's how, I mean, it seems like you're talking through it, which I like is you said 95%. So there's a 5%, you know, variance there where you could. Yes. Even but, when you're cutting. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, even when you're cutting it, and when you're a maintenance, we give a little bit more leeway, right? We go to 90% ish mm -hmm. because there's just more room. Well, I, quote unquote error. I think this is so important. I mean, and and we're obviously talking a lot from the the health and wellness side. This could be from anything though, any project you have or whatever. It's just building consistent practices in, and I think it's giving yourself a longer time horizon, right? As you mentioned, this is not like week one. It doesn't have to be like I'm going to throw out everything in my kitchen and I'm going to start fresh and I'm only going to you know, that's unachievable for most people. 
I would actually say it's unachievable for probably a large high majority of people. Um, unless you have some chef or someone shopping for you, you know, like it's very hard to, to not have a few process items and those type of things. But if you look out, Hey, if I'm going to do this for months on end, I can slowly gradually make that change. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And you know, you just made me think of it again. It's just, you know, I, I know we don't want to go down, you know, these tangents, but you just made me think of, I get clients all the time where they start and because maybe things are tight financially in their home and things are more expensive. Groceries are more expensive and just everything's up and for certain people. Man, they, they come in, they're like, okay, Dave, great. I've got this 15 fundamentals. I'm starting to work through them. First one is eat real food, man. I've got a lot of stuff in my freezer right now. You know, I've got a lot of stuff in my freezer right now that doesn't qualify. And should I throw it out? You know, I, I don't want to, if I do, I'm going to be short. I don't have the money for this. Or let's just say that's the case. My answer is no. Don't. I mean, do, you know, work through it. Just try to build in as you're eating the stuff you already have. So you don't have to go out and spend $350, you know, on all new stuff and toss the other stuff you have or give it away. Um, so it's just to your point there that there are, as we're working through this process, we take all of that into consideration. The thing I will say though, is that there's this again, thing that some people will stand their ground on hard. And that is, if you lose the weight slowly, see how soft I'm saying it makes it real, you know, yeah. if you lose the weight slowly, you're going to keep it off. And if you lose it quickly, it's all going to come back. And that's it. I say it with no equivocation. Okay. I don't, that's not how I feel. I'm saying that, you know, I'm saying it depends on the person and there's a lot of research that says, and we, we embrace this. We embrace the research. There's a lot of research that says early on success, early on, let's say fat loss success is extremely motivational and predictive of long-term success. So the notion that everybody has to lose slowly, we want to wait three months before they lose their first two pounds because we don't want to push anybody too hard. That's ridiculous. We don't come at it like that, but we don't push to somebody breaking. We don't want someone to go, holy cow. I'm, we listen, we see what's going on. Here's our framework. What's the pushback? Is there, well, is there pushback? There is sometimes there is, isn't they're like, I get it. This is awesome. All right. Onward we go. But if there is, what is it? Well, I don't think I can do this at this time. No problem. Let's work this in. It's, it's that gradual progressive working toward exceptional, never perfection. But in the back of my head as a coach, be there. No mistake, Brian. I am interested at least in helping my clients get quick intelligent loss because it's more motivating and it is predictive of long-term success. Everybody? No. But that's why I go nuts when I hear people saying it on the other side. It just is the way it is. Lose slow, you're guaranteed. Lose fast, you gain it all back. Yeah. Absolutely not. Hmm. So you can, we come at it progressive, but we don't come at it with I always say patience is great. You need patience. But I heard, I've heard others, I don't think they're in the trenches with this. And I'm in the trenches and I've been in the trenches, you know, for three decades. If they're not in the trenches, they say the most important thing you've got to have for getting it off is patience. Man, that is, <laughs> that's important. But some people, because the programs don't have the goods or they don't, whatever the case may be, they want their people who are just not succeeding to just embrace patience. Yeah. Yeah. But you haven't lost 
anything in two months. Well, just be patient. The body knows. What are we doing? That's ridiculous. Patience is two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there I, should I, be some kind of progress going on, you know, after that period. And again, we don't, again, push somebody to the point of whatever. That's not that. But we're also, we're patient, but we're not overly patient because there's something going on if we don't have progress in two or three weeks, no matter who it is. Yeah. Let me ask you this though, because I know we're talking obviously a lot around the nutrition and, and obviously the the fitness, the physical fitness of that. When it comes to um, the, fit, I guess the appearance, right? You're losing weight, you're losing fat, you're, you're maybe the, the appearance of yourself looks different. How much are you coupling that or maybe the encouragement to get blood testing, get other testing, you may insert something different um, to make sure that your bio, biomarkers, I guess maybe is the way to say it, make sure yeah, like, yeah. blood pressure is better. Like if that's also part of this as well, to, to make sure that you're healthy and, and getting healthy. Is that something along with this as well with your program or something at least you encourage to do or? It is, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a week one thing. You know, it would be further, it would be, they would be, they could be made aware of it early on, but it wouldn't be a push. If they were something they wanted to do, it'd be great. Um, depending on age, depending on other factors, depending on complaint, depending on what's going on and all of those things, we might say, hey, might be a good idea to get a, you know, a, a, a nice panel done that includes, you know, all of these biomarkers, hormones, so on and so on and so on. Um, but by and large, you know, kind of, it kind of reminds me that those things need to be in order. However, the prescription on the nutrition, exercise, emotional fitness side almost doesn't change. So we still need to do the nutrition, exercise, and emotional fitness. We can look at that other things and we can get that more dialed in because it, it is important. Mm -hmm. And if you have a, you know, a, a sleeping killer, you know, a, whether, whatever it may be, high blood pressure, you know, cholesterol of 500, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, we, we would want to know those things. Early on, though, the prescription to help that uh, pre-diabetes, diabetes, whatever, fasting, glucose, insulin, all that stuff. The prescription for that is not going to change much. I'll get clients all the time to be like, "Hey, I was just diagnosed with the type two diabetes. You know, you, you know, can you work with me? Hey, I've just diagnosed with the hypothyroid. Can you work with me? Hey, I've just diagnosed with PCOS. Can you work with me? Hey, I've just diagnosed with I'm uh, perimenopausal. Can you work? Yeah, absolutely. The foundation, the base, mm -hmm. that framework isn't going to change because we're not promoting high sugar, da, 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 da. You know, we're not promoting, we're promoting those fundamentals that for a massive swath of people, unless they have, say, Paul's ideology, Yeah. okay? If you're a carnivore, then you can still do our program. We're not gonna say, you can't do that. Absolutely not. Our fundamentals don't change. That doesn't mean that you have to eat vegetables but I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't eat vegetables. Right. Well, that's, again, not the, that... that's not the foundation that I come. Right. That's not from, you know, the framework that I come at it from, but I'm also understanding and accepting. It says I'm going straight ketogenic. Got it. Here's the fundamentals. Here's what I would still suggest. And while you can still stay ketogenic, do these things. I'm coming at it. I'm coming at it from this way. I'm coming at it from carnivore. I'm coming at it from this and that. Um, we're highly adaptable, 
but that doesn't mean that I go, yes, and that's superior. Well, it goes back to the simple philosophy you just mentioned. It's like real food, 95% of the time, doesn't matter what the real food is, you, you have that, you know, opportunity to make decisions. Yes. But we want you to stay in this ballpark because this is principle we, number yeah, one. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was, well, it, it, finish on the thought there if you had. I, I... No, I was just going to say that's, you know, of the that's of the 15 fundamentals, nutrition fundamentals that that framework day one. Well, they start with three and then six and then nine. You know, they build on it. But the 50 you get to 15 by the end of week one. Um, that's just the way it is. Again, those don't change regardless of the person and um, kind of what their, what their situation is. There's tweaks and nuances about how can we get there? You know, how do we help this person? Where are they? In, of the 15 fundamentals, someone might look at it and say, I'm already doing 12 of those. Yeah. Awesome. Someone may look at it and say, I'm doing none of them. Yeah, that's so a I, different, yeah, again, different starting point for different for starting point. Yeah, we're talking, uh, obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about the, the, the kind of the, the physical fitness side, the nutrition side, I want to end on this, if we can, you know, I always like to ask, you know, if someone was getting started, kind of some encouragement, advice, insight, you've shared a ton of that. But let, let me, let me, let's end on this, we'll see how this goes, is okay. take the emotional side of it. And you can even take it from two ways, either something to help someone get started, motivate them to get started, or, or on the flip side, you can take how you want. I imagine, because I have this conversation with folks all the time, is the excuses. I know I've made countless excuses throughout my life. Maybe it's the excuses or the barriers that you hear the most. Maybe sharing yeah. some of those because folks listening in might be like, God, you know, what? I say that too. That shouldn't be irrelevant. I, I should be able to overcome this. So you can kind of take it how you like, but how you like, but uh, encouraging folks to get started, maybe from that yeah. emotional or mental side. You bet. <clears throat> we work as a part of emotional fitness, we work deeply on helping people build their why, because having a goal is great, but you better know why it's, you know, it's very old, you know, but I think it was Nietzsche who said, you know, he who has a why to live can bear any how. And, you know, it's been said, and I find this as a universal truth, when the why is strong enough, we find a way. And when it's not, we find an excuse. And I'm going to say every single time, when the why is strong enough, we'll find a way. So the goal, it's good. We need that. We're going to look at why. So for anybody listening, it's important that you drill down into your why as many levels as you can. You know, I want blank. Here's the, here's the fill in. So that blank, I want to lose 30 pounds. Cool. Why? So that fill in the blank, take that, try to do a sub level of that drill down from there. So that I can travel without fear of fitting in a seat. 30 pounds isn't going to be the thing. It's going to be more, you know, it's going to be more like 80 pounds at that point, but you know what I mean? So I can fit comfortably in a plane seat. Cool. Why do you care about that? I want to fit comfortably in a plane seat so that what's that, whatever that is, try to take it to the next level down. 
I want, keep drilling, drill, try to drill five, six, seven, eight, nine levels deep so that when you wake up in the morning and it's 5 a.m., 4.30, 2.30, whatever time you got to get up to try to get 30 minutes of exercise in and plan your meals for the day or whatever you're doing, you don't wake up and say, because it's very fleeting and we get amnesia really quick if our why isn't strong. Ah, yesterday it was important today. Ugh, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Or it's the, ah, it's just one day. It's just, it's just one, day, just one day. day. I'll get back at what it tomorrow. Difference, you know, instead, if we wake up and the why is so strong and we re and it's a living document. So we're going to encourage you to don't just think it, write it, and don't just write it, review it mm -hmm. every day, build on it, tweak it, edit it, get rid of the stuff that doesn't apply anymore, add new stuff, whatever, keep building, get that why so strong because when the why is strong enough, we find a way. And when it's not, we find an excuse. So if you want to remove excuses, this is one way. This isn't the only way, but this is a key way to reduce excuses, get your why really strong. So as someone getting started, I, I can't stress enough, do what you can. We help our clients build it. We help our clients refine it. We help them. We review it with them on and on and on. That's, that's great. But doing it on your own, just getting started, that would be something that would be uh, critical because without that, we wake up and go, I wanted to lose 30 pounds, but you know, like you said, it's just today or whatever the deal is. Instead of waking up and going, this is crucial for everything I want in my life, for everything that weight can handle, that weight can manage, because weight doesn't manage everything in life. It doesn't right. make everything in life okay, but for what it can impact, it's incredible. I need and want to be the example for my kids. It's critical. You were talking about the 10 year old, you're talking about, you got a 10 year old, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. So, whoever's got kids, parental modeling, guardian modeling, kids, my kids are all grown. I, it, it, you know, but, you know, now I have at least the ability to think about for all the years they were growing up, they were listening to us, but they were watching us. Oh, absolutely. And kids, no matter what age, they may not say anything because you've raised them a certain way. They may not say, hey, dad, hey, mom, I noticed that you said that, but, the, but you're actually not doing what you said to do. They may not say it, but they see it. And so when you build that into your why, I need to be and want to be an example for my kids. And then I would say, why is that important to you? It's important that I'm an example to my kids so that, and then fill in the blank for that and keep drilling on that, then you wake up in the morning and you're not just, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. It's like, I want to be an example for my kids. I want to make sure my kids don't suffer from what I'm suffering from. I want to make sure my kids have every advantage that health and wellness can provide them. I want to make sure my kid, on and on and on. I mean, that's just one element. It can be, how does it impact your relationships? How does it impact your professional career? How does it impact travel? How does it impact aspirational stuff? You know, typically our why ends up being a huge impact on things that are aspirational, um, things that are feelings oriented, you know, how we feel and things that are prefixed with self, you know, self-confidence. I want my self-confidence to improve. Why is that important? Why is it important if your self-confidence improves? Because when I walk in the room and I give the presentation, I need, I want to feel more confidence of da-da-da-da-da. Now you're not waking up in the morning. Now, just in these kind of ad lib things off the top of my head, we're waking up in the morning, we want to lose 30, 50 pounds. It's not just I want to lose 30, 50 pounds. That's example for my kids. Confidence, um, you know, self-esteem, longevity, no regrets when I'm older, 
um, being able to move and do anything I want as I want. And well, there's a purpose to it, you know? There's the like a purpose. Yeah, there's a, that lifestyle change. It's again, it's not a, I'm doing it once. And it's actually funny when you mentioned that, maybe think, we, you know, I mentioned earlier about like that longer time horizon. Um, it, I think a lot of times, and again, I, I, I take this from a different angle from, from my fitness journey, but like you always forget how long it, like, like again, let's say it's 50 pounds, we're just making that up. Yeah. How long it took you to gain that 50 pounds, you can't expect to lose it next month. You know, you need to give yourself that time to be able to work through these changes to get on a different path. And I think that sometimes we we have such a, a short memory on, well, we got ourselves in this bad position. We can't expect it to be an overnight change. But if if all the things we did incorrectly to get us to this spot we're not happy with, just imagine if we start doing things right for a period of time, you know, yeah, and, and absolutely. take us in a better direction. Absolutely. And making that, getting that purpose having that why, driving, because we need that why power, driving willpower. We can't rely on willpower. You have willpower. Brian, you, anybody, you, anybody, you have tremendous willpower as long as you've got why power driving it. I ask people, poll your audience, ask anybody you know, that has a, a job where they work for someone else or whatever, how often are you late for work? And people will say, never, or once a year by accident, or it's yeah. really small. Well, why is that? Because every day you wake up, if you work for someone else, for example, every day you wake up and you're in a good mood, you're just happy to go to work? No. Every day you wake up, you don't feel like under the weather or a little sick or a little tired? No, that's definitely not the case. You've got all these things where you're busy, you're tired, you're not in the mood, you're really ticked off at work, you're really dis da 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 da, da whatever, but you still go and you're still there on time. Why? Because your why for getting there on time is incredibly strong. Yeah. And so it applies, you have the willpower but it's why power driving willpower, anything that takes a while. And you're talking about, you know, how long it takes to get off 50 pounds. You know, you think about how long it took to put on again, you know, I just said big on patience, but to a certain extent, to a certain point, And then we need to list, we need to look at, it doesn't mean you have to take action on it, but we need to look at what's going on because past two or three weeks, come on now. Um, we can, we can get things moving. And I'm not yeah. talking about, you should be four pounds a week. I'm just saying we should see progress. But even with that said, um, it, you know, it, it can take a little bit of time. So we, we do need a little bit of, you know, patience in, in, in that regard. I lost my train of thought on the 50 pound thing. Um, <laughs> it's a balance but, uh, though. It's a balance. You're certainly right. There's patience, but you also have to make sure you're not just kind of, you know, cashing in each day. You actually have to make sure there's some sort of, you know, progress forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, um, when we've got that, oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. I remember what it was. <laughs> it had to do with willpower. And the thing with willpower is willpower is kind of foregoing that short-term desire, want, pleasure for the longer vision, the longer goal, mm -hmm. the longer thing. Well, like you said, 50 pounds isn't going to happen in a month. Um, Depending on the person, it can happen in three months. It can happen in four months. It can happen in five months. It depends on the person, depends on what's going on. It can take a year, whatever, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take, you know, a little bit. But that's why we need the why power driving it. Because if we don't, we just say, because a lot of people, a lot of your listeners, and I say this because I just know that a lot of people in general, in these 30 years, they'll come to me and they say, I suck at willpower. You know, I'm like, you don't. Your willpower is fine if you have why power driving it. Yeah. So let's get the why power driving the willpower 
and things are going to make a lot more sense. The why power doesn't solve motivation. It doesn't solve consistency. There are other elements of emotional fitness. There are compulsive eating elements that go into it. But just, you know, as far as your question was, what's something someone could really do that could greatly impact their start? Start with something related to your why. You know, you could start it with, I want so that. I want blank so that. Drill down as far as you can with that. See where it goes. If you just did that, you're going to be ahead of the game. If you just did that, you're going to be ahead of the game. And we're, that's not, and that is something that in week one or whatever, depending on the person or where they're at, we may ask them, why do you want to do this? You know, why is it important that you do this? And most times the answer's not good and that's okay. The answer is very superficial, you know, but when we get to the real crux of things, and it's like, you're a parent with a 10 year old or whatever, you know, just, you've got, I'm in your, you got me in, you know, in your head now, or I'm in, you're in my head, Brian, um, because that's the case. It's like, okay. And that's important to you. And also you're this person and you want to lead by example. And you want this, all these things that, you know, we've talked about, we can start to just slowly add to those things. And you can see a shift in the person's intrinsic motivation. Dave, this has been a lot of fun, man. Um, if someone wanted more resources, learn more, where's the best spot to say hello to you to find more information? Where, where would you send them? I'm just going to keep it real simple. You know, links to all the social and everything are here. Just lluniversity.com. Um, it's Leanness Lifestyle University, but the, the website, just to shorten it up, is lluniversity.com. Everything's there. Um, email, you know, kind of newsletter thing, but also, you know, the, the social links and all that stuff are there. And we're on, we're on all the common social, but the, that'd be the easiest way to try to find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. This was a lot of fun and I appreciate you coming on sharing your uh, wisdom over the years. Brian, thanks so much for having me. Hey everyone. And just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in, and have a phenomenal day.